Hello and welcome to the Endurance Town USA podcast, a state of mind destination where endurance athletes of all levels connect. This episode of our Faces of Endurance miniseries is brought to you by Race Slow and the upcoming Slow County Ultra Games and Slow Ultra Trail Marathons. You can find out more by visiting raceslow.com. That's R-A-C-E-S-L-O.com. I'm Travis Ford, producer here at the Endurance Town USA podcast. Today, our host, Samantha Pruitt, sat down with Robbie McLaughlin, San Luis Obispo native, owner and head coach for Headstrong Fitness. Robbie's story of being a young man, overcoming issues with his confidence through endurance and strength training and weightlifting is truly an inspiring story. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. So without further ado, here's Samantha Pruitt. Robbie, what's happening? Not too much. (laughs) Excited to do a podcast with you. Yeah, we're super excited to have you too. You're going to be one of our Faces of Endurance, which is our latest mini series that we're getting ready to launch. So cool. We're hanging out here at Headstrong Fitness, your Mm -hmm. gym that you created, and we'll get into that a little bit later about Mm -hmm. what is happening at Headstrong. But first, we're really interested in getting to have our audience know who you are as an individual. Yeah and how you got where you're at. So if we can kind of dig back a little bit into history and you can tell us where you're from. Yeah. A little Um, bit of family stuff. Tell tell us about your family. Sure, I'd love to. My family is amazing people. Very blessed to have the family I have. We're all born and raised here in San Luis. So we all kind of grew up in the same school. So with that sense, we have a big community of everyone we know here. So Mm. starting a gym in San Luis Obispo where we all grew up, we all kind of have connections everywhere so it makes it makes it fun so people I feel like I'm the little brother of so many people in <laughs> San Luis so and maybe the big uh, brother now yeah maybe the little big brother you have a couple brothers then? I do. is that right two older brothers okay stud athletes are they yeah and they're still here in slow they are mm-hmm. what sports did they go they both were very very strong football players okay yeah got a little bit into baseball but yeah, mainly just focused on football and the weightlifting aspect of it. And your parents are still in slow? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. I think your mom even works out at this gym. <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> She's awesome. Yeah. She's very proud of my mom. She hasn't worked out too much in her life. And she said, this time is it's time is now. There's no excuses. My son has a gym, so she's getting I in here and getting after it. it. It's so cool to see. I love it. Mm-hmm. So take us back a little bit into your own personal experience growing up. Like, what was it like growing up in San Luis Obispo? What were you into and what what'd you do? Well, I grew up, like I said, here in San Luis, and I was very active. I loved riding bikes, skateboarding, climbing trees, all the, the kid stuff, right? And I noticed very soon that I was a little bit different than all my friends in the sense of a little bit heavier. I was a butterball. But I was still, I still felt like I could keep up with everyone. So I knew there was something there with that. But I just, I hated the aspect that I looked this way. And like during birthday parties and things like that, I would never take my shirt off to go on the slip and slide or go swimming at the, at the beach or anything like that. What age is this, these memories? Oh man, they go back, I would say from six, seven years old all the way through junior high, okay. beginning stages of high school. And my brothers, they didn't look that way. They were studs. My dad was, I mean, I feel like he even had a six-pack when, <laughs> when I was dad growing up. Dad had a six-pack. Nice. Yeah. 
So I didn't get it. A little bit of pressure there. Yeah, a little bit of pressure. Just confused. So I took that and I wanted to make a change. I knew there was something in me from a strength athlete standpoint, I guess. Mm -hmm. I knew I could keep up with everyone on my bike, soccer. I was running laps around people, but I don't don't, don't get it. Mm -hmm. Why your body didn't look like the fit kid next to you who was doing the same work, if not less. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. So I hit the books when I was 10, 11 years old. 10 um, or 11, you were already motivated to hit the books and figure this out? Oh, yeah. Wow. Hungry. Hungry. Absolutely. (laughs) I think I even got an Atkins book. I went down to the library and started reading about the Atkins and all the fad diets at that point, whatever I saw in commercials. Um, I tried to do sit-ups every time. I like watch MTV or Nickelodeon or something every time a commercial came on, do sit-ups. And mainly I just wanted to learn and dive into what is happening with me that is not happening with everyone else. I mean, that, I feel like that correlated a lot in how I am connected with so many people I'm trying to help now. Mm. Because I I know the struggles. I know how you feel uncomfortable in certain positions, certain functions or even how your clothes fit so or in your skin or in your own skin yeah Mm -hmm. didn't like the way I looked Mm -hmm. did you see results with all these dieting and things that you were undertaking I did not see results okay obviously as we know now that a lot of these fad diets are just fad diets you know but I did start to see results a little later in life when I added the running aspect the weightlifting aspect was this by high school or what age were you finding those sports? So my uncle, he is world record holder, power lifter. He's well known in the weightlifting community. He saw something in me when I was a very young kid. And so he t- kind of taught me how to squat, how to bench, how to deadlift and things like that. And he helped me out in my first couple competitions going through high school. But yes, he introduced me to the sport of strength. Wow. What's your uncle's name? Dan McLaughlin. Okay. Yeah. He's very well known in this community. And even his boys, my cousins, they're incredible athletes. Okay. It's it's mind-blowing how strong and fit they are. But he's mentoring you at this point. He He was showing me the ropes a little bit. Yeah. A lot of it was... I didn't want to do anything around people because I was embarrassed. So I didn't want to go on a jog. I mean, one, because I knew I was young and people would think it was weird to see an 11-year-old out there jogging, trying to lose weight. I knew that people might even feel sorry for me. Mm -hmm. I didn't want that negative mindset creeping in while I was out there. So I wouldn't go on a jog or go run until it was well after nightfall. Okay. And I would do push-ups and sit-ups until I couldn't do another one before bed every night. Were your parents watching this? Did they know what you were up to? No. No, no okay. they did not know. They didn't know because my dad bought my brother's uh, one of those old school bench press sets in the garage. It was like one of those racks where you had to put your hands on the outside of the rack rather than it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> those old school sketchy. ones. Yeah, those sketchy ones. <laughs> and my brother was going there a couple times a week, a couple nights a week after football practice, after dinner. I'd go in there and knock out a few sets, and then they would go off to bed, call the girlfriends, whatever, do their homework. And then I would sneak in there. And there, mind you, they're in high school. And I was still in elementary school easily. And I would go in there and try to lift what they left out. And try to, like, uh, they would leave their bench press weight okay. on the bar. And I'm like, all right, that's what I got to do. 
to wow. look like them. And more times than not, it did not work out in my favor. <laughs> like you got injured? No, I didn't quite get injured, but I found myself getting becoming much more creative on how to get the bench press bar off my chest. Uh, <laughs> right. And you're out there with no spotter. No like, spotter, oh. no nothing. Roll the bar down your the oh, body and kind of scoot yourself so, out. It's crazy. Yeah. Do it time and time and time again until, until I can lift it. Wow. Until I started pushing it off myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like that determination with, uh, I started learning about cutting out carbs at that point, cutting out breads and pastas and all my friends would eat pizza at lunch. And then I would just like try to eat as much vegetables as I could. I didn't, I still didn't quite understand macros. I didn't quite understand how the diet works. I just know that's bad, that's good. That's what I kind of stuck with for for a couple years. Through uh, high school? Through high school, I started learning much more about how carbs kind of might get in the way of fat burning if you're eating too much of them. So I kind of started learning a little bit more of them, about them, and much more about protein and a little bit more of this, the sports nutrition aspect of it because I was on the football team and trying out track, the baseball team, tried out on the wrestling team, practice with them. So I needed that fuel. But again, we would go to lunch with all my friends and I wouldn't have the the Taco Bell or I wouldn't have the Frank's mm. burger. I would have something on the side. or And it was kind of embarrassing. People had to be asking questions. Oh, like, yeah. you're not your typical high schooler at this point. They're like, what's Every up? Meal. It's a Taco Bell, man. Mm-hmm. You know, Taco Loco or whatever their thing is. Yeah. And you're like, no, I'm good. Yeah. Every single meal, either even with when I was out with Thanksgiving dinner with the family or I would always get questions and questions and questions. Why aren't you in this? Why aren't you doing How this? Oh, you, you don't respond? need to worry about that. What was your response? Oh, man. My response typically was... I would try to hide it. Mm. Uh, I just don't feel like eating that right now. Or because, again, I was embarrassed about it. Because I don't want people to, like, dive in. Oh, you don't need to lose weight. You're fine. I'm like, because really I didn't feel fine. I didn't feel fine in my own skin. And, I'm, and I knew they they were coming from a good place to try to make me feel better about myself. Mm-hmm. But I guess I just didn't want to hear that at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So I was very determined yeah, and I feel like that with all that determination kind of transferred into learning aspects and even the mental aspects. Like, why do I not feel good in my skin? Why am I not just comfortable for, with who I am? And, of course, in those ages, junior high through high school, into college even, mm-hmm. hell, never mind, grown adults, right? Yeah. A lot of us have those issues, have had them, have dealt with them, have not dealt with them. They come and go depending on stress and life. Mm-hmm. So I'm very curious, how did you deal with the emotional aspect? And how did you not just go down the dark hole of, you know, eating disorder and depression? Or maybe you did. Mm-hmm. And how did you navigate that? So oftentimes I would I would get depressed. And a part of that came from my parents' divorce growing up. And... My brothers typically went to live with my mom and I would stay with my dad. And there was this, in the garage, we built out a, like a bedroom. So I'd go in the bedroom in the garage. It was very, it was nice, nicely built. And Sounds like a man cave like, already. Kind of like a man cave. <laughs> I went in there and I would just do, I'd turn up the music. It was typically Eminem and just do push-ups and push-ups and push-ups. 
Nice. So that was your therapy. That was my therapy, absolutely. That's cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I'd go on bike rides at two in the morning. Two in the morning. Oh yeah. Damn. Yeah, Wait, yeah. hold up. What was the Eminem song? Is there a song that like oh, so resonates with you still? Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So you jump on your bike at 2 a.m. and you're like hoofing around town. You're oh, just, yeah. How old are you at this point? Shoot. Teenager? Oh, at 12, 13, 14. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Go jump curbs and go to the local schools and grind all their ledgers away. I'm so intrigued. Did you play with drugs and alcohol? Was that an opportunity? Because you had so much going on internally. How are you? It was definitely an opportunity. Yeah. I did not ever do drugs. Wow. I got into drinking. Had some beers growing, growing up through high school quite a bit. I feel like that was a big connection there with the, the depression side of things. Mm -hmm. um, it was it was definitely, definitely because of confidence issues. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I felt like... Um, if I drank this beer, people would like me more. And then I started learning ways on how to get the beer so people would like me even more. Mm -hmm. So and now you're just being a typical teenager. Yeah. But then you have this inner conflict around athleticism, sports nutrition, trying to navigate your body. And mm -hmm. you know that that beer is not the healthiest opportunity. So, you you know, you got a lot of things going on in your head yeah. around that. Absolutely. And, huh. it was, and it, I can't, I was thinking about this the other day and it all comes from not just the fact that I want to learn more and be better and look good and be stronger and all that, but I, it was definitely from confidence and the confidence, confidence has so much correlation to how we approach life and our mood and things like that. And I just didn't have it growing up. Mm -hmm. I had no confidence to ask the teachers questions. I had no confidence to ask my parents, like, why do I look this way? I don't help me with my homework, things like that. So I think that was a, and I was, I was really diving deep into this a couple of days ago, actually. So doing some personal work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you're a teenager. Did you get into the, I mean, it's, it's a relatively stereotypical, like I had experience with this. I was, had, have a similar story to yours, but mm -hmm. like eating disorder stuff or did, did you somehow navigate not to go down that path where you were just starving yourself and doing crazy stuff to get fit? Did you keep it in the fitness healthy space or did you go to the unhealthy dark side? I for a time, I went to the unhealthy dark side. Okay. Now, I was still in the weight room. This was in high school, so fast forward a little bit to high school. Mm -hmm. I was definitely in the weight room. I would have a weightlifting class, and I would spend time before and after football practice just lifting weights. But at that time, I was just, my calories were just... Restricted? So restricted. Yeah, yikes. And I didn't know this at the time, but that was a big connection to the lack of confidence, lack of energy, kind of like that depression side of things. Yeah, hormonal imbalance. Yeah, and I had no idea about the connection between nutrition and hormone imbalances. So I was just trying to like push it. I was just trying to be the best I possibly could be. Mm -hmm. Not eat a bunch of food and get big and strong and be a good athlete. Mm -hmm. I mean, but through all of this, I did realize that I loved lifting weights and I loved working out. Found your passion. Found my passion. I mean, it sounds like we're talking, I'm talking a lot about like all the, the sad, sobby stuff, but it really pointed me in the direction and where I wanted to take my life. Yeah. And then, okay. and with all this 
these experiences, it's, I can share that with others. Mm-hmm. I could share it. I know what you're talking about. I know what you're feeling, that depression side of things, that that lack of confidence to ask the questions, the you don't feel comfortable in your own skin or clothes. You, I know what it feels like to not be able to button that top button on your jeans and what it feels like trying to walk around and your, your shirt always bunching up. I know that feeling. What's amazing to me, though, is you discovered this really, really young, like mm-hmm. outrageously young, you know? Yeah. So the cool thing is you're still a young guy and you have this whole life ahead of you that you're going to give back, but also your your life is just evolving in so many ways, physically and otherwise. Like you're mm-hmm. constantly exploring, learning, adapting, you know, and then mentoring others. Absolutely. The mind is, is such a powerful thing and I'm still learning how powerful it is every single day for example i was just trying to get a little workout in and i was decided i'm not going to listen to music this time i'm going to put on a podcast and see how i I react to that how my workout reacts to learning as i'm working out Mm -hmm. cool little experiment i tried which was which was great good because we're big fans of podcasts yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. i love that so you graduated from slow high i did Uh, i graduated from slow high 2004 like I said, football, baseball, a little bit wrestling, training with the track and field team, but I did not graduate with flying colors. I was constantly on probation with the grades, barely making it. But when I got a D, I was like pumped. <laughs> D, C minus, like, yes. Skating. Yes, I made it. I did it. I did graduate high school, but not with flying colors by any means. And it, it was, I loved high school. A lot, of, a lot of my friends were so eager to leave and go explore. And I was like, I, I think San Luis is like the best place ever. <laughs> I, I think this is going to be the time of my life right now, these years right now. And, and all my friends were like, I can't wait to get out of here. I'm like, I don't get it. I love it. But you were just so evolving as a human being. Like you mm-hmm. were just having this explosive experience physically with your body, your confidence and all that. Mm-hmm. But like self-exploration, which had to trickle over into relationships, social, you know, more engaged in life in a super different way than you were, you know, just a few years prior. Yeah, definitely. I've been picking up on a lot of things with a relationship with my family, friends, significant others, and it all correlates back to growing up. It's like we're sponges growing up and what we see, what we experience, feelings, it all, it it sticks with you. Mm -hmm. And so I think just like being an athlete, the the knowing, knowing something, knowing what your body's doing or knowing that something 20 years ago affected how your brain works, I think that separates us, separates from the good to the great. Mm. Just that knowing, being connected to that, mm. that feeling or that experience that you know that you went through. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty huge. And what you decide to do with it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what makes the difference. That's what that's what change. That's what shows who you are. What? Because yeah. we all have bad days. Oh hell. We all have rough lives, rough childhoods, and that's right. Yeah, yeah, it's all. It just depends on it. What makes you is what you do with it, mm-hmm. and how you use that to your advantage. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it part of your toolbox, and you use it to you know level up to a, a different person? You know, if there's growth mm-hmm. there, or is it like a rock in the backpack? Is the analogy I use Ooh, all the time? Yeah. Carrying rocks around your backpack. Like, at what point are you going to empty the backpack, or just take the damn thing off? Yeah. So you can get up the freaking mountain. Oh, I love that. How's that feeling? You know. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So, 
you joined the army. What age was that? Was that straight out of high school? Straight or? out of high school. Was it? Yeah, okay. it was the summer after high school. It was like, dang. I started picked up a job doing some construction work, and then during that time, I was in and out of the recruiter's office. Like, how do I do this? I feel like, I feel like this is something I'll be good at because I didn't have any confidence in school. I wanted to go to school and learn more, but I just didn't have the confidence. Like, I'm not going to make it. I barely made it through high school. I'm not going to do good in college. Mm -hmm. I mean, later I found out that college is so much different where you can be specific to the things that you love. But so which I think is amazing that people take advantage of that. But I just I wanted to be good at something. And it was around the time of 9-11. So I was like, this is what I got. I have to go do this. I have to make a difference, defend my country. I felt like that happened in New York and all over the world. I have to go do something about it. And so I signed up, waited for my time slot, and hopped on a plane. Very, very scary. Even at some points, I was calling home. I was like, I made a bad decision. Are you 19 at this point or 18? Uh, I was 18. Okay. Yeah, 18. Yeah. Yeah. So you call home, you say, this is a mistake. And what's the response from the other end of the line? Is this mom or dad on the phone? Uh, mom was definitely trying to figure out again. Get him out! Get him out, my baby! Yeah. But, but my brothers, my dad, uh, my stepdad, they're all very confident in me. One thing that stuck with me, and we had a question of the day, like the, your, your favorite quote, and I put this, what my brother told me. He said... Well, you did this, so be the best. Oh, nice. So You made the choice. Yeah. So he said, just be the best. Uh-huh. So that just ingrained in my brain. Wow. It was, it was so powerful. Just those few words just really stuck with me. And I said, all right, I'm doing it. I'm in it. So basic training. I gave it my all. And to all the, the lots and lots of push-ups I was doing through <laughs> high school made me pretty good at that. And there's like you, I'm sure you can understand. There's a lot of push-ups and sit-ups and running in the Insanity. army. Insanity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in basic training, they they get after you quite mm-hmm. a bit back then. Um, I don't know, not as much now, but definitely back then we were doing lots of push-ups and pull-ups and holding your body weight and holding your duffel bags out to the side. It's just this like, is in boot camp. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And so I excelled in that, and then I found out I was good with a rifle. So I was an expert marksmanship with that through baseball and just being an athletic kid. Got was really good with grenades. So everything kind of like clicked with me. I was I was through football. I was able to listen to what the drill sergeant was yelling in my ear with the football coaches. Very similar. I was I was able through my dad and him being stern with me and getting my chores done and getting things done and being responsible in that aspect that correlated with. Me listening to the drill sergeant and having my task to complete and do it as as, as best of my abilities. I'm just an overall hard worker. My dad instilled a lot of that in me. So I am very thankful for that, even though sometimes we're a little rough around the edges, but it, it made me who I am today. Yeah. Absolutely. There's always little I keep going back to all these little things. It just it makes the, the person human. That, yeah, it makes the human. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in the army it did pretty well. There's a thing called, there's honor grad, and I was distinguished honor grad. So instead of getting all the awards in high school, I got them later, later in, in the Army. In the Army, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then a couple of deployments to Baghdad and uh, mainly Iraq, a little bit Kuwait, and 
all over Iraq, actually. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then that's where it just flourished. Um, I was strong in high school, did a lot of the com- competitions, the weightlifting competitions in high school. I won a lot of them and strongest lifter ever at slow high and just stuff like that. But when I got to where I was stationed in Alaska and over to Iraq, I'd go to the gym. Like, I don't know anyone here. I'm just going to go to what I feel at home with. Is just Your a, comfort zone. My comfort zone, which is around weights, which are around barbells and pull-up bars and things like that. So I just go to the gym. And slowly but surely, soldiers would start kind of following me around. Who's the gym. this beast? <laughs> <laughs> they would start following me around. It's like, oh, try this. And no, that's not working. Or try it this way. And so that's like, wow, this is awesome. You I build love, community. I love helping these guys yeah. and these guys have they joined the, the army but they've never worked out before I'm like mm. that's crazy to me so I'm gonna help them I'm gonna get them to succeed in their PT test I'm gonna get them to lose that weight so they can run faster things like that you're on the same team yeah mm-hmm. absolutely on the same team and some selfish ego reasons I like being that teacher I like I like being the strong guy I liked I like these guys asking me questions. I felt good. That's a confidence yeah. piece. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Huge confidence piece. Mm-hmm. And there's the PT test in the army, which is two minutes of push-ups, two minutes of sit-ups, and a two-mile run. Okay. And so I tried to. It was always max reps for time. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, and I always try to give them my all and try to again break more records. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's where I um, I could have I kind of stood out with my unit, my battalion, and things like that. Mm. So that kind of turned into the workhorse. So he's just young stud athlete. He could lift this box. He could move this tire for us. And so that kind of turned into a few injuries down the road. Overdoing. Overdoing it. But again, I was like, I got this. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the man. I'm the, I'm the strong kid. And when you're that young, you still feel so invincible. And I can't even imagine laying or layering a top of military on top of that. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and so the mindset that goes with that, you've got the physical and now you've got the mindset mm-hmm. and yeah, you yeah. know, not playing with fire. Yeah, I definitely didn't speak up when things mm-hmm. hurt. Growing up in high school, I found out that I was having lots of back pain, lots and lots of back pain. I'm like, what the heck? Again, something else. So my mom was fed up. She's like, all right, let's go see the doctor and got the x-rays and all that and found out there's some deterioration on my spine the doctor's like you have a Mm. you're 15 16 years old you have the back of a 70 year old wow this is in high school yeah okay he said just take it easy take it easy i said and i was kind of like i don't want to take it easy i want to be a kid i want to be strong and i think and at that point i was having knee pain i was having ankle my ankles kept tearing ligaments on kept rolling my ankle and all this i i didn't think twice about it at the time but all of this I was kind of like taking mental notes of what things felt like and how did how did I make them feel better and how did I train around them and without knowing it I was just like absorbing this information Mm -hmm. like keeping it in the back of my mind fast forward years down the road and I've had uh, slipped discs in the the military a couple bulging discs a couple ruptured discs separated shoulders I horrible tendonitis in my knees my ankles kept rolling tearing ligaments in my my ankles so just injury after injury and after injury and it's like 
not to get all woohoo, but I felt like that was meant for me mm. to go through all that. How long were you in the army? Just over five years. Okay. Mm -hmm. So a lot of physical abuse can happen in five years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lots of missions where it's all about speed and getting the job done mm -hmm. quick in and out. We got to go. We got to go. And sometimes for my role, quote unquote role, was to throw that jackhammer over your shoulder and run it down the road or mm. pick up this trailer and hook it onto the back of the truck. We have like 20 seconds. seconds. Yeah. Seconds. Yeah, absolutely. And you're talking about life and death seconds. So mm -hmm. it's not like, hey, we're at a CrossFit gym doing yeah. Yeah, <laughs> an yeah. AMRAP. And uh -huh. you know, my buddy or my life is absolutely. is in the wings here, you know? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And so I think, like I said, I was taking lots of little mental notes. And for days, I wouldn't be able to walk because my back hurt so bad. Mm. I was 20, 20 years old, 21 years old at the time. And found out I had a slip disc and I was still trying to make it to the gym. Like, I don't want to stop. I have this addiction. Mm -hmm. I have this powerful addiction. I do not want to stop training. Who would I be without strength training? So huge. So huge. I said, who would I be? Yeah. That is that is who I am. I that is my that is my definition. Mm -hmm. I am strong athlete, kind of like where I bring value to the world. Absolutely. Hard worker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that I was not able to go on the mission. Ooh, that had to be brutal. It was so hard that someone else had to take my place. Wow. And they were putting their self on the line because my back hurt. Ugh. Like, no way. Mm -hmm. That's not going to happen. So I'm going to figure out and figure this out. So surgery was, of course, like, this is what you need. You have, I think at that time, three ruptured discs. One of them was slipped or there was one slip disc and one at 1.3 ruptured discs and then the this then a hairline fracture in one of my vertebrae because one of the missions we had to move this small building move a building it was a, it was <laughs> like a, the foundation of a building so it was all just framework and the tractor went out <sighs> so like all right mclaughlin you're on the front end of the building Shit. the rest <laughs> of the platoons on the back end of the building so I, I at first I'm like hell yeah let's do this I got this so we picked it up moved it 50 feet and I was totally fine and two three hours later not so much not so much mm. yeah but again like I was not gonna let that slow me down and so you need surgery you need physical therapy and all this and so I started just trying to learn and trying to learn how to fix this I do I need to get back out there mm-hmm mm -hmm. what year did you come home to slow and leave the army what year? 2010. 2010? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you come home, you're thinking, I'm going to start my own business or figure out, you know, what's next level for me. Mm -hmm. uh, I know you started this gym out of your home, mm -hmm. but you also experimented with some endurance sports. So what was your first taste here? Was it, was it running? Was it triathlon? Triathlon. Yeah. You, you went towards triathlon for yeah. endurance. So I set a goal. I, uh, I wanted to compete and a powerlifting competition, a CrossFit competition, and a triathlon in one year. Okay, what year was this? That was 2000 and... You came home in 10. What was that, 2013. Okay. Um, yeah, so I got home after the Army and just, I didn't quite know what to do, so I just started training and training and training. Mm -hmm. And I started competing, powerlifting, doing the bodybuilding thing. And my buddy, 
said, you got to try CrossFit. Mm. You got to get in there. You got to try CrossFit. So I dabbled in that and I started, I learned more and learned more about movement. And I was so in love with the, mm-hmm. the idea of fitness and strength and nutrition, but I was not in love with one specific thing. Sounds um, like me. Yeah. That's why we get along. Yeah. <laughs> there's so much t- to what the body can do. And so why focus? Why limit it? Yeah. Know? And I'm, I'm from so many injuries I've had. Balance is so key to me. Growing the body in every aspect it can is so important. So yeah, so I said I want to, I want to be good at everything. I remember being in the powerlifting gym, where my my uncle trains, and lifting with this with one lifter. He is on the cover of magazine for one of the strongest guys in the country right now, and his crew. There's about five of us in there deadlifting one night, and I go in there and I lift lift a lot of weight I think it was 500 pounds or something at that time and I look around like how'd that look and they're like they all just shrugged their shoulders I don't know you lifted it up I'm like check (laughs) okay and then well shoot I'm like I'm glad I lifted it up but what if I just did it horribly wrong I was thinking this in my head I'm like well I just looked around the world all right thanks guys and kept lifting kept my mouth shut and I went off and did other things so like what are you doing I'm like I want to be strong everywhere. Mm. And you guys are you guys come in here three times a week and that is their sport. That is amazing for them not not put that down whatsoever, but that that wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. I, well, I was running around the gym just trying to get everything strong and and the fact that form wasn't and movement wasn't the number one priority there. Mm-hmm. There's just how much weight can be lifted. Mm-hmm. That kind of rubbed me the wrong way and that made me all right. I have to learn. I have to hit the books again. I have to experience everything. And so that mixed with my years in CrossFit, with the bodybuilding, with the powerlifting, and then getting into the endurance thing and the breathing aspect and the muscle of the diaphragm and how the lungs work and all that kind of mixed together. It's it's just, that is my education. And the learning that um, sexy big muscles don't mean you can cross big distances Absolutely. or accomplish the endurance sport yes. space in any high level. You know, it takes a lot of other stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff going on. And it's, it's, it's like what we preach here at Headstrong. It's not what we do, it's how we do it. Mm. So we could put just about, we could put anything up on the whiteboard for the workout. But we're here to tell you to do it correctly and to use the, the primary function of each muscle group what that muscle's job is your brain's going to tell your body to get the job done yeah but you have to be have the wherewithal the consciousness to do it the correct way Mm -hmm. we don't care about the range of motion right now we don't care about how much weight's on the bar as long as you will get there Mm -hmm. that is the end goal but we are going to make sure you're doing it correctly and safely and so you won't plateau and you won't get injured a big element to the workouts here, why I'm really drawn to it and why we're creating this headstrong endurance team together mm-hmm. is like you have this really sweet marriage here of the strength piece at a high level mm-hmm. with the movement and the technical skills mm-hmm. and then the endurance piece like legit hardcore building of explosive strength and high heart rate stuff and then that consistent you know, steady state and all that jazz, like yeah. you've got this great stew happening. Why did you decide that those two things needed to coexist here? Oh, man. Okay, so I'm super nerdy about this stuff. So I want to 
just like any other sport, I want athletes to realize it's not just about getting, just focusing so much on going hard every single day at your sport. You have to prepare your body. You have to create that balance. For example, if you go out running 10, 12 miles a day, you are going to pound those same exact muscle groups each and every step, each and every stride. Those same muscle groups are going to get used and used and used. Now, what we do here is make sure that you have that balance. And so if you're using, your, for example, your quads and your patella tendons and one side of your calf every single stride, you're going to come in here and we're going to identify you need to balance that out. You're going to have to work your adduction muscles, your abduction muscles, your lower abs, the other side of your calf um, to create that balance. If we do not create that balance with, with whatever sport it is, you will plateau. You Something will break because mm -hmm. those joints are just getting wrenched on. And I want people to know in the endurance world that every stride, every step should have a purpose. Mm -hmm. You're doing 10,000 strides in your miles of running, but every single Swim one. Swim strokes, exactly, cycling, pedals, all, all of it. They should all have a primary function. You should think about them every single time and what the muscles are doing and be conscious in that connection of your muscle groups. So when I'm coaching the lunge, for example, I want people don't just go lunge down the street. I want you to think about what the bottom of your foot is doing. Think about what your big toe is doing. Think about pulling with your hamstring to stand up out of that lunge, that hip extension. What your torso is doing. Because if your torso drops, then weight is going to get transferred somewhere else. And then you have knee problems and you don't know why. Mm -hmm. So, it's again, it's not about what your program says. It's about how you accomplish that. And it's, it's also not about... The big question lately was intensity and how hard to push. And I'm big on intensity, but it does have a time and a place. Intensity will help in more ways than one, and especially in kind of like the headstrong thing. Hmm. Like if you go hard in here, you could go hard in getting your homework done. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like... It, mindset. Mindset, exactly. If you have a hard task in front of you, well, I just did... 200 pound deadlift today I've never done before. I can do this. So that intensity in that aspect is huge. But we want athletes to know not to go 100% every single day because you can, you, we need to rest. We need to recover and so that you can do it again. So if you think about going 100% three times a week, you're going to need to recover four times during that week. Now if you take a few steps back, go 70%. Now you can do five, six days a week. Mm -hmm. And overall, you just have more under your belt, more training under your belt, and it's going to create that better athlete. Yeah, I kind of I, I kind of want to preach that because there's so many athletes out there, endurance athletes, that they say, I got to get these 12 miles done. I got to get them done today. I feel like crap, but yeah, I'm going to slog gonna it out. Them, yeah. yeah, it's like it's nobody. <laughs> we we, we want to feel good. We want to feel strong. Yeah. And we want to do that all year long. Now, when it comes a little closer to competition time, to race time, then we kick it up a notch. Mm -hmm. But we want to have that general physical preparedness all year long. So, like, if Samantha Pruitt comes up to me and says, hey, you're signing up for a race next week, I'm ready to go. Exactly. I'm ready to go. Bring it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is the 
that is the whole goal of creating that athlete. You're balanced, you're strong all year long, and you train all the different modalities, all the, the different energy systems to be ready to go. Yeah, I was going to touch on that too. So the program we're creating is about energy systems and mm -hmm. when to tap what yeah. and what they even mean and how they affect performance mm -hmm. and how you feel, like energy yeah. levels, all that stuff. Body composition, huge, Absolutely. right? And then what is the role of strength? What is the role of mobility versus flexibility? We spent mm. some time on that this weekend. Yeah. And then the different pieces of endurance. Yeah. It's all so different and individual. However, like there's a real opportunity here to create something really special. And I feel like that's a missing link for me as an ultra athlete and being good at some of those things. Like I know I have a lot of room potential. Yeah. Um, if I potential dial in on all the things I'm not good at and what I'm not spending time on and um, redirect a little bit, especially as an aging athlete. But I think all endurance athletes have so much opportunity left on the table because they're not tapping into these other pieces and oh, yeah, so absolutely. it fires me up mm -hmm. <laughs> and i know you're fired up about yes. it too i see so many things where i just want to i don't want to ever step on any toes but i just want to i want to help yeah and um what i see a lot with these endurance athletes is you know that anterior pelvic tilt um the lack of being able to use their diaphragm to breathe and when you use your diaphragm to breathe you can breathe bring in so much more oxygen to your muscles and your energy systems and people are just, that's just such something something that they're not tapping into. Mm -hmm. And when you have that anterior pelvic tilt from running for so long or biking so long, just using your quads mainly, then it's, it's damn near impossible to use your diaphragm because mm -hmm. you're so overextended. Or when their back starts to get flared up because they've been running for so long. Or a couple of the athletes that we talked to this weekend, they said, my... Um, my, my piriformis is hurting. My sciatic nerve is bugging me. I can't sit in a car for so long. And I said, okay. And I, and I took a step back and I just kind of watched how they stood and watched how they were sitting in the chair when we we're going over these talks. And um, they kind of told me about what their training system's like. And it's like, it kind of just jumps out to me. It's like, you need that core stability. And it's not just the six pack muscles of the core. It's the deep down yeah, core is not crunches, to be core clear. Core is not crunches. <laughs> it's not the, the beach muscles. Right. It's the it's the deep down. There's I think there's 11 different layers layers of core stability. And that even inclu includes your lats, your obliques, your lower erectors in your back. Your psoas is huge. Um, and I'm just, I'm just seeing these athletes and how they're sitting. It's like, well, it's kind of obvious why your back hurts. Okay, you're, you're not recruiting that core. You're not recruiting your hamstrings or your glutes. And if you're listening to this and your back does hurt, <laughs> nine, Raise times, your hand. nine times out of ten, if your back hurts, you are not hinging properly and your your glutes are weaker. So you're, you have underactive glutes and you have underactive lower abs. So if you're listening to this and your back hurts, <laughs> address that first before just raising your hand. My back hurts when I do this. Yeah. Um, that goes straight into that that flexibility mo mobility aspect versus mobility yes and you know to be clear like we're not coaching people right now mm -hmm. we want them to understand that there's something different mm -hmm. uh, you know we feel better because more yeah. well-rounded basically absolutely um that's our jam 
everybody has their own path, mm -hmm. but we would love for people to come and, you know, join us on this path or examine their own path. Not mm -hmm. everybody lives in slow. Our listeners are all over the United States and mm -hmm. even international, but like go in and think about doing it different differently and look at what you're leaving on the table. So if yeah. you're an endurance athlete or a strength athlete or whatever your sport is, whatever you're into, we're all aging. And the mm -hmm. reality is that, um, we all still have potential. So for me, I'm on this big campaign, going to be fierce at 50. So 49, turning yeah. 50 next year. Yeah. Like I just go, what's next? Okay. What are we doing now? Right. Not like, why not? We better just hang it up. No way in hell. Right. But you just look for other resources and you connect to other people and mm. you just figure it out. Be willing to explore. And it's such an inspiration because you see, you hear so many things. I'm too old to do that. Or I heard this, so I can't do that. So it's, it's about how to get your body Everyone, like you said, everyone's different. And how, what do you need to level out? So one side of your body is stronger than the other. What do you need to do to create that balance? And then you can do those things that you never thought you could. You can go out and run that marathon, whatever age. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's, mm -hmm. it's pretty great that we're doing a program like this just so we can get that information out there. And even though your shoulders hurt, your back hurts, your knees hurt, just adjusting a few things... Mm -hmm. you will be able to get back out there no matter how old you are or what hurts. I think that's huge for people to realize and understand. The body is a pretty amazing piece of machinery. Yeah. And if we take care of it and we create that balance, so one end of the spectrum isn't doing too much work, we're going to be able to flow a lot, a lot more fluidly, a lot more effectively mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so Robbie mm -hmm. I'm getting to know you as a coach and as a community member here in San Luis Obispo and the unique space that you've created with Headstrong Fitness mm -hmm. I'd like to know a little bit more about you in terms of why Headstrong what your motto is what your personal mission is there and from a more of a spiritual and mental place, what drives you? What are some of the lessons that are driving you to do what you do and to give back in this way? I love that question. Headstrong. Well, I going back to the army aspect, we go on these missions and we'd have a little, these missions are basically you go outside the wire and um, do crazy shit, do crazy stuff. <laughs> and I would, we would sit down together as a team as a group and do a little prayer and i said all right guys head strong live long every single time and that connected with everyone and i was like all right we got to stay in it stay in it mentally know that we can perform well know that we will get our job done and know that we're going to come back safely and i would say this over and over again and i never thought it would turn into what it is now but when i was started training people out of my garage and started helping people out it's like I need a name and then that was always just right there at the tip of my tongue just headstrong mm. it was it's it was obvious because it doesn't just mean being strong it doesn't just mean being strong in the gym and it, the fitness aspect correlates so much to our everyday life in so many different ways it comes to the confidence issue a lot of people come in here they they have a hard time interacting with people they mm -hmm. have a hard time uh speaking up and a couple of weeks here, and they're, they're so, they come in here with big smiles now. Shoulders mm -hmm. are back. And 
I mean, that's a way of being headstrong. It's a way of being that mental aspect of just opening it up and just a whole new just version of yourself. Being headstrong, yes, you will build that mental strength in the workouts and keep pushing through. But I think the beauty of it, the powerfulness aspect of it, is what you can take from that, what that style of physical training, what you can connect that to in your everyday life, Mm -hmm. the other 23 hours of your day, Mm -hmm. and how you can apply that to your job, your kids, your sport, your year mission. I think that's what I love about the name Headstrong. It means a lot to to me when when I can when I want to stop, when I want to give up on whatever it is and I keep going. Mm-hmm. It was very nerve-wracking starting a business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was yes. very nervous. Entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> no. But it and there's a lot of speed bumps, mm-hmm. a lot of obstacles. And a lot of things that I've never done before. But I was like, this is, just think, what's the name of this gym I'm trying to start? Just right? headstrong, get in it. You mm-hmm. got this. Yeah. And uh, and just keep pushing. I love the additional live long piece because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people look at us. We work out on a regular basis. We appear to be motivated in the health and fitness realm, right? Mm-hmm. But we're doing it for other reasons. Mm-hmm. Like we're doing it for a lot of other reasons that people might not um, really understand. Mm-hmm. What's your spiritual reason for doing what you do? What's that look like? Uh, the motto came from Headstrong Live Long. That was obvious because we wanted to come back from the missions as a whole unit, as a whole team. Grateful you did, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> um, but that is the the fitness aspect, the health and nutrition, the strength aspect. It's, people take it for granted, I think, and they take for granted what we have and what we've been granted with with this human body. It's, I mean, we're the only creatures on the planet that can do the things that we can do, climb, swim, jump, run, lunge, squat, carry, hold, all these things. And there's... There's no other species out there that can really do all those things. And that headstrong live long is we're celebrating that. Mm, we we're getting, nice. we get in here, we eat right, we exercise, we, we keep that balance. And we could use that to our advantage in whatever sport you want to do or play with your kids. And, um, and that just keeps the, the motor running. That live long aspect, that, that connection with people as well. When you're in here and you're around like-minded people working hard with the with the amazing staff i have mm-hmm. <laughs> i'll brag about that they, <laughs> these guys are great they're, they're teamwork so, teamwork yeah they, they want to learn more about you they want to they want to learn your story on why your knee hurts or or what you and your kids are doing this weekend um and that connection there is is huge for the mental aspect and that's healthy i mean not to get nerdy but it goes into a sympathetic nervous system when we are in that parasympathetic nervous system, that calming, oh, I'm at home, I'm with family, I'm with friends, mm. then our our organs, our hormones, they they relax, they absorb nutrients, they they work better, and that people don't understand. Just being in a certain mood, being a certain nervous system, that is healthy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
That's so interesting because I have noticed that you've built this team of really diverse people here. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a super community um, component to what you do and how you run this business. And everybody has their different jams, right? Like, so you've got people that are very nutrition mm-hmm. oriented and super knowledgeable. And then lots of different types of athletes are working here, coaching here. Mm-hmm. And you've created that community of diversity. Yes. And in creating a really safe space for members to be working out and feeling like they're welcome, they can be more relaxed and actually enjoy the workout because there isn't this weird vibe, competitive, dysfunctional Mm -mm. thing going on that happens Mm -mm. in a lot of fitness centers and gyms Mm -mm. that doesn't foster the confidence piece, the mental piece. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, to me, that's a spiritual journey right there, right? Like bringing... Creating the space. Yeah. It's creating the space for change. It's pretty fun. Now my my goal when I start in this place, I'm I'm not gonna be able to run every class and be here twenty four seven. So I wanted this this amazing group of people and I want them to be the best coaches, to be the most knowledgeable, to have the master's degrees and the doctorates and blah blah blah. The list goes on, all the certifications. But it turned out that like I can I mean I just want good people. Mm-hmm. Good humans. Good humans. And people that I would like to hang out with. Exactly. <laughs> well, because you're here every day. I'm here all the, <laughs> all the damn time. Right. But again, it's just like that good soul of a person I want around my members and around my community. And even though I was fortunate enough to get these amazing people, that they were educated. They were athletic. And they did have... Each of them did have backgrounds. A lot of them have had injuries, so they can relate that way. A few of us grew up bigger, a little more fluffier. Those that have that connection. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is very much the family and the community. I don't want. I want everyone to come here and think of this. This is their home gym. And there's a lot of friends here that they just have not met yet. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, exactly. and that is the main purpose. And yeah. I think of myself as a as a good coach, as a good coach, and I, and I can connect with people and how they move better and help them with nutrition and why something hurts or why they have lack of energy. But overall, I just want people to have this as their their garage gym. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just like I had my garage gym, I want this to be theirs. I know you've been rehabbing from a couple surgeries from some old stuff. I'm mm-hmm. curious about where you're going next with your own training or are you putting most of your energy into training others right now? Man, I've been competing my whole life. And like you said, that is my identity is the strong, powerful, fast, athletic. So it has been very hard. Humbling. Humbling to have to sit on a couch for a month after a surgery. You have not been on the couch, dude. That's hilarious that you would even use that analogy. (laughs) (laughs) I love to try to think of the glass half full with everything that happens and these injuries have just proven that to me all these injuries of one they've they taught me something about the body they've learned i've learned much more on how the body is supposed to move and why do i keep getting these pains or injuries and i kind of dive back take steps back to figure out why but more importantly i think they've taught me to be i have to coach using my my words i have to coach using my my vocal cords i can't just demonstrate something here i can't just sit here look at me look at how i do it 
No, I have to relate to each and every individual and explain what's happening, what they should feel, what they should not feel, and just sit back and explain it to them in a way that they understand it. And I think that has been huge on how I coach and it's, it's taken my coaching to another level. But to answer your question, I do want to get back out there. Mm -hmm. I do want to do another triathlon. Yes, more endurance. <laughs> yeah, more Hanging endurance. Out with so, me. Yes, I do <laughs> cool. want those these races that you're talking about. I'm so intrigued. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, an MMA fighter or a or a CrossFitter or a. It's just like overall, you're not just going to focus on one thing. You have to be good at movement. You have to be good at a decathlete. Mm -hmm. It's so good at different sports. Yeah. And these races that you're talking about, well rounded. Well rounded. I'm so intrigued, and yeah. I want to dive into that so much. Like uh, mountain bike riding, hiking, paddling, all that stuff. A little bit more of the outdoors, it sounds like. Yes. Is your next thing. Yes, absolutely. And I, want, and I think strength is such a huge component with that, with a lot of people don't understand. Critical. 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 Because if you're going for miles and miles and miles and you don't have the muscle endurance, you don't have that strength to support your, your joints, your ligaments, your tendons, something's going to give and something's going to start to hurt. You're going to build up scar tissue. You're moving across mother nature the mm -hmm. earth the planet you have to balance okay. you have to unpredictable have, mm -hmm. you have to have coordination <laughs> yes you have exactly to feel what's going on with your body if you have to jump up this rock or maybe go around a tree or if you even fall yeah what if you fall and you don't have the coordination to fall correctly mm -hmm. or brace yourself if you don't have that muscle endurance to learn how to brace something is going to collapse I talk a lot about when I see someone who's doing a back squat in here with a barbell on their back. And I kind of see one end tilted. It's a, they don't have that structure. I need to build up that structure in order. He is going to just get the movement done. And something else is going to take over. Yeah. Something that his mind is telling his body, just get the job done without doing it correctly. Yeah. And that's going to lead to imbalances. And that's going to lead to plateaus and breaks and weaknesses. Same thing goes to... Um, a marathon runner. Okay, if you're gonna don't have the structure to support, something is gonna give, and that's why people have that low back pain and the knee pain and the plantar fasciitis, and the, I, a lot of them have really tight calves on one side, and it's just creating that balance and structure. And I think strength is so huge. And with when they hit a hill, they run up a hill, they need that power output. Mm -hmm. And how long can they sustain that power output, that muscle endurance? And that's when the different modalities of strength training comes into play. You have to do the one to three rep maxes. You also have to do the 30 minute row. You also have to do the two mile run plus the 100 pull ups plus the 300 meter lunge. Don't scare people. <laughs> You know what's coming up for me and um, what I'm, I mean, I'm excited about a lot of pieces of what we're creating, but longevity in the sport, whatever your sport is or sports and a legacy for yourself mm -hmm. as a human being, right? So your body is a big piece of your legacy. And what I hear a lot from my peers, the 40, 50s and 60 year olds um, is that they have detached themselves from a big piece of their identity, which was probably an athlete of athlete some sort, right? Irrelevant of what level they were, but like they, they just, you know, miss that. 
um, and they don't have it now. So getting back into it or can I and all the stuff, mm-hmm. breaking that mindset down, getting them back in the game and having them reconnect with a big part of who they are as a human. Yeah. And then being able to fulfill their legacy and keep themselves in the game. I think literally not missing that piece of their life. I think, and that's going to come back down to like what we talked about with the mindset aspect and that confidence aspect. And yes. And I tell, I tell people in that situation that you need to create wins for yourself. Mm. No matter what, like even breaking it down to you made the bed today. Every day wins. Every day wins. Okay. And every time we have a workout up on the board here, it doesn't matter what that last rep amount is. It could be five. It could be an eight. It could. I want you to leave here with a win. That confidence aspect. Personally, I'm going to cheer you on if you get it done, no matter how much weight's on the bar. But mentally for them, I want them to feel like, hell yeah. Yes. And that's what I think takes for these athletes who have not been in the game in a while. They don't have that. Or maybe they never were in the game. Like, maybe. this is new to them. Yeah. So both of those pockets of individuals, that piece where you're headed right now, like, mm-hmm. what does that taste like? What does that feel like? What does that look like? Mm-hmm. How do they get it? They need it. The hardest step is starting. Show up. Show up. <laughs> I want to take care of the rest. They're going to get in here, and I want to connect with them. Coaches and the people in here want to connect with them. They're going to get go through these movements, through these workouts, and we're just going to talk about, like, what does your perfect day look like? You're going to come in here and you're going to feel good about yourself. You're going to get something done that you might have thought that you couldn't do. I want to thank you for two things. The uh, the obvious is your service to our country. Appreciate that. That's We're so grateful for that. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> and then equally important to me is the fact that and why I wanted to interview you. Whew. I see you as a new face of endurance. And that's so cool. So cool. Like the potential and where endurance sports is going um, in this new direction. And I'm fired the hell up to be in your space. Thank you. Thank you, Robbie, for opening up your gym at Headstrong Fitness for Samantha to sit down and have this really incredible conversation with you. If you'd like to hear the full unedited version of their conversation, head over to our YouTube page to learn more. If you'd like to find out even more about Headstrong Fitness, you can visit them online at headstrongfit.com. You can also follow them on Facebook and Instagram at headstrongfit. Thank you again for our supporters over at Race Slow for making this Faces of Endurance miniseries possible. And thank you for joining us on this adventure to Endurance Town USA, where we chat with regular people living the endurance lifestyle. If you haven't yet, hit the subscribe button on your podcast player to hear more great stuff as it lands. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Endurance Town USA for behind the scenes photos, videos, and more. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time we go on this journey to Endurance Town USA.